Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly, spanky clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine, and then blue up The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater. I imagine you're kind Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. Uh, we're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Angela. And this is Bradford. Yes, and welcome back for another episode of By the By. Yeah. Yeah. So we've made it another week. We're surviving. Yes, and it's been a good weekend. Yeah, it's been busy. Yeah. It's been busy. I saw past 3 a.m. twice in a row. Yeah, but it was good. And in between the 3 a.m.s, it was relaxing. Oh, yeah, yeah, because we did nothing. Because, yeah. you know, once you hit 3 a.m., you, <laughs> you feel like you're dying. <laughs> We had some sexy times at our secret spot. We did. We went to the Darlinghurst location on this Saturday. We did. And met some really interesting folks. Met a lovely couple that we played with a little bit. Not too much. We had not really discussed boundaries beforehand, so we I played it a bit easy. Yeah. But yeah, really lovely people. Yeah. Good night. Good times. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Gotta love the Swingers Club. It was, cool. busy. It was busy, too. Yeah, it lots was. Of, lots of folks there. That was nice. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, so uh, up and coming now um, in in our short term future, mm-hmm. we have Pendulum Party February seventh yes. at OSS in Annandale. So if you're in the Sydney area and want to come out and join us, yes, come if out. You and want join to us. explore some bisexuality, bi curiosity, and if see you the new club. Just want to watch, check out the new club, whatever it is, come out and join us. Yeah. It'll really? be a big night. All right, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good venue now. I know. Yeah, I love that one. Uh. I'm curious to see the pendulum party there, and I, I expect it'll be... I want to see the orgy room. It's going to be swinging. Yeah. Yeah, so kind of look, very much looking forward to that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, anything else up and new and exciting? The only thing we have on the calendar is far off in the year. Yeah. We're, it's official. We're going back to Desire in Mexico. <gasps> you betcha. We're taking the gentleman back again as well. Yes, we are. Uh, we're going with the Life on the Swing Set Takeover as official hosts. So you, if you go to Desire this year, you can expect to see much more of us. I'm not really sure how or what, but we're going to figure that one out. Yeah, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be good. So we're looking forward to that, but that's way, way in the future. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We, we won't uh, inundate you with... Um, nah. Yeah, we will. Every week we'll say it. Yeah, But yeah, uh, yeah. you can just fast forward the like, right. 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I wanted to bring up, because it was an email that we got this past week, was menages. The club that we went to in yes. Nashville? Yes. Remember that one? Yes. It was a massively huge venue. It was well laid out. Yeah. We had fun there. We had people that came down from Kentucky to meet us. We had people from elsewhere in Tennessee that met us there. And we had an amazingly sexy, sexy night. A lot of fun. 
our only our biggest problem with the venue was that it was a smoking venue wah, and wah. smoking inside. Wah, wah. So especially for those of us who are a little asthmatic, that's a problem. Or hell, if you just want to breathe, period, it's a problem. <laughs> and we had managed to find a little tiny corner room hidden away somewhere that had a lot of ventilation to outside to play in. It was also quite cold because it was, what, February? February. <laughs> but we got an email this past week saying that Menage's is going non-smoking. Yay! So that's really exciting for, I would say, the majority of the population. Did we do it? No. Are no. we claiming that we did it? Yes. <laughs> Are we happy that it's happening regardless of how or why? Yes, yes absolutely. Uh, so they are going to still have a smoking area outside somewhere, whatever, but the inside part will now be non-smoking. My only question is, though, like, oh, the furniture would have absorbed a lot of that smoke, the drywall, the carpet, everything. I mean, it's it's in there. But at least if people aren't actively smoking, it's got to be better. Yeah. And so I, if we ever happen back through Tennessee at some point, I would be curious to go back and, and try it again, you know, now that it will be non-smoking. I forget. It might be the end of the month. I have to look back at the yeah, email. That's exactly when, but it's great. Yeah. So yeah, if you live in the Tennessee, in the Nashville area, uh, and you want to check out Menages, and that's now a, probably a much better option, I would say, since they are going non-smoking. Because it was a great venue. Oh, it was great. Yeah, It absolutely. was massive. It's a huge place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if, if you are interested, definitely, definitely check it out uh, after the after the change. That's exciting. And let us know. Good for them. If you do go. Let us know how it is. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Yeah. What are you talking about tonight? <laughs> so we have a variety of topics tonight. Uh, and I think it's just going to be, we'll see where things take us and how much time we have as to what we get to. Just going to throw things against the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So one of the first things I wanted to start with was we had gotten a really lovely listener email. And at the very end of it, I'm not going to read the entire email, but it is a beautiful email. It was really sweet. Really appreciate it. Uh, but at the end of it, I really liked this one line and it got me thinking about a lot of different things. But the listener wrote at the very end, thank you again for you all being you, which has helped me become me. And the last me was capital letters. And I really like that because it, it does make you think that even though, so we do a podcast and we're, out, I would say more in, in community and whatnot than some people are, but every bit that you do can impact someone in a very positive way. And it doesn't have to be big things, but just you living your truth and you being you can make a big difference to somebody. And that kind of just got me down the path of thinking about living your truth. And in this case, us living our truth allowed someone else to to think about and to start their journey of recognizing and accepting their bisexuality, which I would say that both recognizing and accepting it are huge, huge steps. And they're not, not easily taken. And especially if you don't, you know, me being raised how I was, I didn't know it was even an option for a very long time. Yeah, I didn't know that there was an <laughs> option other than, than straight or gay. It was very black and white. And when I realized that, hey, there's something in between, it was like, oh, well, this is interesting. So I think, you know, recognizing that there's that option and that it could pertain to you, perhaps. And then, yeah, accepting it. It's, it's all a big journey and it's a long, can be a long journey. But I thought it was interesting how this particular listener handled it with their primary relationship because they were in a long-term primary relationship. Uh, it was a female listener. They were in a long-term relationship with a male and 
they, after accepting it themselves, they did broach the subject with their partner, which is a scary thing. And yeah, you're with somebody for a long time and then to, to kind of go up to them and say, Hey, I'm, you know, potentially interested in, in someone of, of the same gender and, um, you know, maybe want to have a relationship with them. I don't know how it looked for this person particularly, but having that conversation with your partner is scary because you do risk at least upsetting the balance that you have and potentially losing what you have. But at the same time, if you don't, are you losing a piece of yourself? Mm, true. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it's a scary, it's a, it's a difficult, uh, thought to a difficult decision to make, I would say, to, to kind of go down that path. But they did. So they brought it up with their primary partner. They're still together. Uh, she went online and she now has a girlfriend. And so, you know, she's definitely out exploring it and, and living in her truth. And I think that, you know, kudos to her for doing that and for not just saying, well, you know, it's okay. I'm fine how I am. Things are good. But just actually saying that, no, actually, this is who I am. And I, I feel like I want something a little bit more. And, and kudos to her partner for going along with it and giving her that space and the ability to do so. And, and I suspect that they're, relationship is a lot stronger probably it's it's a much truer relationship i imagine is or at least true to who they are but it got me to thinking about like when you when you do live in your truth and feel free to interrupt me at any point bradford because <laughs> i feel like i'm just rambling here. yeah you really have i haven't i can't get a word in edgewise i've had two jokes and i'm like well i guess i'll sit on them you can you can say them. <laughs> no it's too late now they're, they're no longer funny <laughs> But, but when you do live in your truth and when you are, you know, true to yourself and whether that is, and for a lot of people, they may not be able to like be out and proud and loud like we are, and they may not be able to fully express themselves to everyone in their lives. And that's fine. But whatever that truth looks like to you, as long as you accept it and the ones close to you and the ones that need to know, also know and accept it, there's a huge benefit to your mental health and your, your mental self. And when you're, when you're kind of more focused mentally and when you're happier mentally i think it really impacts a lot of different areas of your life yeah and then that feeds into i would say benefits to your family which is difficult because bringing it up to family and friends can be a big threat you know both to how they perceive you your relationship with them depending on you know your the stance of your family and your friends and i'm going to say how conservative they are that can be a big threat to do so but at the same time, if you can be honest with them, then it, it can be beneficial to them, not just maybe in how they interact with you, but how they may interact with others as well. So there's a, a bit of freedom that kind of comes with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's funny. Um, number one, I rarely see you get so excited over an email. <laughs> I mean, a Angela's always happy to get the emails. And she's yeah. always happy to respond. But I, you're really animated Ooh. over this. Like, this person struck a chord. I did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why. But yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Uh, you know, it reminds me of being at Desire and somebody saying, talking about us and, and me specifically, being comfortable in my sexuality and being comfortable in my skin yeah. gave them that, again, that permission space to sort of break out a little more of their own shell. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's, you know, uh, as, as I'm not going to say thought leaders, but you know, as, as people who do have a voice out there and as for the podcast, I think it's important for everyone, but specifically for us to, to try to give those permission spaces to people. Cause yeah. sometimes that's all people need is the, the, just the space. 
yeah. in order to to be themselves and to and to experience the world you know to see how you do it and go oh, okay well if it if they make they make it look easy so maybe I can do it as well <laughs> that kind of thing and yeah. and that's not I think it's great and I highly encourage anyone to to give giving that space is easy uh, you just don't judge you don't be negative mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. just allow people to be them. You encourage people to be themselves and their true authentic selves. I, I don't think that's difficult to do. And I think that, that, that sort of makes you kind of a hero if you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it doesn't have to be on big scale. It can mm. be a very small scale thing, but even just in everyday life in work in family friend relationships, just to let people know that, that there's a judgment free zone that they can come and talk. If you can listen, you know, it doesn't even have to be discussion. If right. they just need a, a sounding board that, that you're there. That, and yeah. sometimes that's all people need yeah. is, uh, someone to listen to them. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't need somebody to come back at them. They don't need somebody to give them advice. They don't need et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All they need is to vent or to talk and hear themselves say these things and, and say them to somebody else. Someone. Yeah. 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 To be heard. Yeah. And it, it's in, when, when you do that, when you give people that space or when you take that space yourself, uh, it can definitely open up some really great, some fulfilling relationships. It yeah. can really deepen some of those relationships. Um, it can give you different life adventures and take you down a different path than maybe you thought you would go down. But I think that's part of it as well is to, to be open-minded and realize that, that things may not happen. Life may not happen how you necessarily plan it. But at the same time, it, it can be a really amazing thing. And is and if you, Especially em- embrace who you are, whatever whatever your truth is, whatever yourself is. Allow other people to do the same, and then just ha- be in those spaces where that's acceptable. Yeah, it can it can really give you some some really great adventures. But it can be difficult to do. And I would say, you know, if you're if you're looking at it, or if you're thinking about this is something that I, I want to do, but I'm not sure how. You know, maybe I want to be a little more open with with family or friends or a loved one even a partner perhaps how do you do it and it's you have to start with small steps you know very i say this but very few of us you and i bradford are are the one of the exceptions we tend to take big leaps and bounds (laughs) like kind of once we start thinking about something we just jump in both feet yeah you know no hold, no bars hold. Held. How was that phrase? No holds barred. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, no holes barred. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All holes open. How about that? <laughs> no holds barred. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah, God. so we we tend to just kind of jump into things. But for most people, I would say taking small steps is the way to start. Yes, uh, it's it's a lot less threatening of a way to baby to do baby steps. Yes, baby steps. Bar some of those holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And if you kind of, if you can just picture yourself living in that truth and being who you want to be, that the more you picture it and the more you envision it and the more you practice it, even in private, then you, it makes it easier and a little more natural to, to be that person and to come out to others and to be that person around others. But it does take courage and strength to do so. And a lot of confidence and patience and patience with yourself. Yeah, definitely patience with yourself. But yeah, if you can if you can accept yourself for who you are, then that makes it easier for others to accept you as well, yeah. I would say. But yeah, I just I, I don't know for some reason that that one sentence really just struck a chord with me. It's funny cuz I read that sentence um you being you allowed me to be me. Um I thought that she was saying you being you allows me to be main. 
What? Because M-E were capitalized, so I assume she meant the abbreviation oh, for God. the state Maine. They're like, oh, that's nice. She's, you know, beautiful in the autumn with all the colors, and she's got nice crisp winters and lovely days in the spring. Mm-hmm. Her summer is full of life and vitality. And water sports. And water sports. <laughs> and there's puffins there. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, oh, she gets to be Maine. Yeah. Okay. Good for you. Be yeah. Maine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're not right. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not right. It's no, been it's no. been a long weekend. <laughs> so, but that's all I had to say on that. Wow, that was. Do I you mean, have anything more to say? No, I mean, I think I think your 14 minutes of fame there just uh, yeah okay. exploded. Okay, I support you. Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> and and thank you to that listener for sending us that email. That email was amazing. It was very sweet. Uh, and it's 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 such an honor and and a privilege to to know that that we have become the beacons that we really that was sort of the point of this podcast to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that there are folks out there who need to have that permission space. And if you're one of those people, we grant you that permission space. Uh, you know, you be you. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and that's that's basically all you can be. Unless you're Batman. Well. Then be Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love my it. God. So before we go into the next topic, I know it's early, but should we take a quick little break? Yeah, let's take a quick little break. Okay. Join us on The Wet Coast, a podcast about sexuality and ethical non-monogamy of every variety. We talk polyamory and swinging, monogamish and open relationships, from dirty, dirty sex to heartbreak and everything in between. We share our personal experiences and philosophy, observations and theories, what works for us, and where we fucked it right up. This isn't your average couple's explanabrag podcast, though we definitely do a little of that. We share our adventures in open with a unique, funny, feminist, and Canadian approach. Come get wet with us on the wet coast. And we're back. <laughs> Thanks for holding in there. What's so funny? I don't know. You're cracking me up tonight. You were like, <laughs> so just wait till we get to the bedroom. So, oh, woo. <laughs> Send help. Um, <laughs> it's too late by now. <laughs> uh, so we did this class tonight. We joined a gym recently. I'm going to digress away from Okay, you. sure, uh, you've, yeah. You've got this whole PowerPoint presentation here set up, and I'm digressing a bit. Uh, we, we joined a gym again, and number one, I hate the gym. And number two, I hurt myself on the first night. Like, literally, we joined the gym at three in the afternoon. I hurt myself on, at seven <laughs> at the gym. Like, that's basically how it goes. That's why I don't like the gym. Constantly hurting myself. Mm-hmm. Even with guidance, we were in a class, and I still hurt myself. Uh so we ended up going to another class tonight that was yoga and it was my first ever yoga class. And I've made fun of people who go to yoga classes and look, I'm not making fun of yoga. I'll make that very clear. I'm making fun of people who go to yoga classes. Uh, and what are you now? I'm a person that goes to yoga <laughs> classes and I gotta be honest. I loved it. It was great. I was like, this is such an awesome place. I, it's a permission space to stretch. I think I napped a little. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when he turned off the lights, I was like, you don't want to do that, buddy. So actually, I do have to give the guy kudos, the coach of the class, the guy that was leading it, whatever his name is. Um, I don't know what you call them. Like the people that, it seems like they're the not. The Yoda master? I say, it seems the like. The yoga ma- mm-hmm. Yeah. Stretch you will. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems weird to call a yoga 
someone leading a yoga class a coach, but I guess they kind of are. Is that a yogi? I don't know. Anyway, so at the is end... Is it yogurt? <laughs> you're delicious. <laughs> Creamy and delicious and fruit on the bottom. I don't know. I didn't taste them. So. Uh, but at the end of the class, when he did turn off the lights at the for the last little stretch or whatever the last bit was... I was towards the back of the room, and there was a light coming in from... So there was glass there, and there was a light coming in from whatever was on the other side of the glass. And it was in my eyes, but my eyes were closed. So I didn't really worry too much about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But he comes up and stacks these little blocks to where, like, five of them hide to where it blocked the light. Oh, that's great. Yeah, and I was was like, wow, well, yeah, good for you for noticing and then, like, doing something about it, because... Admittedly, I didn't really care enough to do something about it, but I guess if I was to get the full experience, then the yes. light needed to be blocked. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, did I enjoy it? Yes. Will I go back? Absolutely. Will I still make fun of people who go to yogurt? Yes. <laughs> yogurt. <laughs> uh, can you imagine a yoga class where the teacher <laughs> is like a full furry head, furry chest, and like really furry arms and wears a tracksuit and and has like gold chains it would be greek yogurt okay i was waiting to see where the yogurt came into this <laughs> again yoga is awesome <laughs> people who go to yoga not so much so you're saying uh, you're not awesome absolutely i'm saying that <laughs> fuck yeah uh, but I'm excited to try aerial yoga. Aerial yoga. Aerial, yeah. It's Easy hard to for, say, isn't it? Aerial yogurt. <laughs> aerial it's, yoga. It's basically sploshing, but, you know, with food. Fight. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what we did. Uh-huh. Which is why I think Angela has so much energy right now. It could be. Could be. I do have a lot of energy after I exercise, which is weird because... Yoga's not exercise. Yeah, I know. It was stretching. Lot, it was stretching, but for some reason, I don't know. Yeah, oh, my God. Anyway. I, can, I can actually remember an argument that I had with somebody who was like, <laughs> no, it's really, it's really hard. It's a lot of work. And admittedly, we went to one class, so we're, we're painting broad strokes And here. there's also different kinds of yoga. Absolutely. So, yeah. And this place does aerial yoga, the heat yoga. Strength yoga. Strength, fire, whatever. Know, yeah. uh, something with tribal dance included. You know, I, I'm going to give it all a go. <laughs> uh, with, there was one yoga with bursts of tribal dance. That's the fire yoga. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm totally going to make fun of it. I, absolutely. It was hip-hop yoga. Hip-hop yoga. It was, I think, hip-hop Lucy music. Lucy Rocket likes to pop it. Then she stretches to get it. Rocket. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> if you love yoga, good for you. I mean, I like yoga. I got to be honest. After one class, I'm like, I'm sold. This is great. I'm going to the gym to stretch and relax. <laughs> Makes me feel good about myself. And I did feel more energized after I left than you I did. have all weekend. You so, did. There you go. And you actually heartily agreed to go for a walk in the park afterwards. I know. I was like, yeah, I feel energized. Let's walk in the park. You know, let's spend a lot on our gym membership and then walk somewhere that's free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yoga is a scam. <laughs> it's like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, now back to our show. Right, right, right. Back to the sexy things, sort of, maybe. I don't know. Yoga is sexy. Sure. We should use it as lube. Yoga or yogurt? <laughs> I don't know. Why not both? I don't use yogurt as lube. <laughs> but, like, once a month, it's fruit on the bottom. <laughs> is this... Is this 
jam? <laughs> this cherry? Oh my god. Okay. Oh, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. This yo- this yogurt tastes like pennies. <laughs> oh my god. People have stopped listening. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, All right. So, um okay. so we recently found an article and I say recently found because it was actually published in August of 2017. Oh, well, we're not we're not up on top of things. <laughs> but we found this article that it's from I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm going to say lamiller.com, L-E-H-M-I-L-L-E-R.com. Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, but it was how many Americans have had a, quote, social sexual experience. And we're going to start with some of the, the numbers and things in this article. But then that led one of the numbers immediately sparked a question in my mind. And then I researched that. And then that's where I want to spend the bulk of our time discussing. Okay. But... <laughs> Uh, so basically, the article starts out with, uh, I'm not actually going to read it here, but basically, you know, sex for most people is just with one other person. But some people engage in, quote, social sexual experiences. And they consider these to be everything from visiting strip clubs to participating in threesomes and orgies, attending sex, BDSM, and swinger parties. So it's a pretty good variety of, of scenarios. Uh, that they consider a social sex, social sexual experience. Easy for you to Oof. Yeah. But they did a, they pulled off of a, the journal PLOS, PLOS 1, that had a, a study in it. And this was only from the US, so it wasn't a worldwide study. Sorry, Europe. Yep, and the rest of the world, you know, because there's more to the world than the US and Europe. Not according to the US and Europe. Do you watch the news? <laughs> So this was a study of 2021 Americans aged 18 plus, average age of 47. Most participants, 91% identified as heterosexual, 3.6% identified as gay or lesbian, and 2.8% as bisexual. So there are two basic uh, graphs here. One was the number of Americans who have engaged in a social experience in their lifetime. And the first one was went to a strip club. What percentage of men and women do you think went to a strip club, Bradford? Oh, God. Um, men, I'm going to say somewhere between 75 and 80%. Okay. Women, around 65 to 70%. You're high on both. Yeah. Went to a strip club for men was 59.4%, and women was 30.1%. And what percentage of them are lying? It, well, okay, there's that too. We cannot account for lying. <laughs> we have to assume that people are telling the truth. Sure. Uh, took a class slash workshop to learn about sex. Uh, both of those are going to be under 15%. I'll say eight mm. for men and 12 for women. Uh, 3.6 and 3.5%. So this is where we'll, we'll go down this path momentarily, but that sparked a thought to me in that. So in the U S sex education is vastly lacking. There are classes and workshops that people can take to learn about, Sex, sexual education, all kinds of toys, STIs, anything, everything. There's a lot of different workshops and things out there. Typically in more populated areas, bigger cities. They're typically held at usually more adult shops. They're not well publicized. They're usually advertised on the adult shops websites, whoever's conducting them. But for the general public who may not really go to the adult shop websites very often, how are you going to find out about them? So it's not surprising that most people don't know that there may be things available or may be too, I'm going to say scared, to participate mm. um, or too hesitant or unsure or whatever. But that we'll go 
talk a bit more about that um, in a little bit because I, I wanted to go down that path. That's what I wanted to dive into deeper. Uh, but continuing on with the social sexual experiences in their lifetime, how many do you think have had a threesome? Um, 14% of men, 8% of women. Closer. 17.8 and 10.3%. So, yeah. it's So that just shows you that it's a lot of uh, MMFs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Uh, group sex. Um, men at 8%, women at 5%. 11.5 for men, 6.3 for women. Huh. So either, again, male heavy or somebody's lying. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's almost double the that men. same lady just keeps going. Maybe, yeah. Gang bangs? Yeah, that's you. Does that right count? You just keep, it's because you keep going to all these parties uh-huh. by yourself. Yeah. Because it's almost double the men and the women, 11.5 yeah. and 6.3. Yeah, true. Uh, and then how many went to a sex party or swingers club? Oof. Um, yeah, sub 10% on both. Yeah, 6.3% for men, 52 for women. Yeah. And then the final category was went to a BDSM party or a dungeon. Uh, sub 5% on both. 4.3 and 2.6. Yeah. So still male heavy. I, I would. It looks like... Everything was at least slightly skewed towards men, having had more social sexual experiences than women. I wonder why. Like, I'd love to know, why is this? Uh, I mean, while I can accept that the, the, the gay men are more apt to have social sexual experiences, right. it would be my assumption, mm-hmm. uh, based on all of the gay men I've ever met. <laughs> and that's not a small number. <laughs> but maybe that's part of it that skews the men, but with them only... Being 3.6 of the population. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was surveyed. Yeah. That were surveyed. It's not enough to skew the population that much. I wonder if it is the fact that while likely men and women equally have these curiosities and tendencies, maybe men are more likely to act upon them. Women may not be, I'm going to say because of a perceived security risk or just uh, maybe... I don't know. Would there be less opportunity for women? Or are they just not brave enough to look at... Like, you might have a fantasy, but you leave it there. You don't think, oh, I'm, I can actually act upon this. Yeah. I don't know. And like, maybe what? the men are exaggerating. It could be. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've, Peacocking. Yeah. I want to yeah. do this. I would like to do this, so I'm going to say I've done it. Because it looks better, maybe. Yeah. But I'm even assuming in, it was anonymous. Even but, in yeah. anonymous studies, though, yeah. I mean, I think people lie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they do to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, So then the second part was the number of Americans who said the idea of participating in a social sexual experience was at least somewhat appealing. So I'm assuming that this is, if you haven't had these experiences, are you interested in doing such? Okay. So again, interested in going to a strip club. I mean, it's a bunch. Men was 40%. Women was 18.7. That's surprising to me as well. Especially from the number of women that... I mean, maybe it's just our circle of friends. Maybe. Yeah. Like... Because to me, a strip club is... I'm going to... I find it interesting that that's included in... I mean, I guess it is a social sexual behavior. But it's... that's To me, that's kind of an entry point of like, if you're interested in seeing other people, but you don't really want to go to like a swingers club, sex club, if you don't... If you're not sure how to approach other people for group yeah. sex. Like, to me, that's kind of a... Uh, Okay, at least we're in a sexy environment. People have less clothes on, and, you know, and you know, stripping down to depending on where you are, naked or sem- close to naked. 
Um, Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. But it's it's you're not acting upon anything. It's more voyeurism. Yeah, very much so. Which I mean, don't get me wrong, I really like voyeurism. Well, yeah, very much so. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then the next one was interested in taking a class or a workshop. So so keep in mind that. 36 and 3.5% of people had been to a class or workshop about sex. I would say there'd be more than 10% would be interested in it. I would hope. 19.8% mm. of men and 18.9% of women. Yeah. Which is a huge jump. Like, that's a lot of people, really, that are interested in doing something. And so my question to them is, have they not thought to look for something? Had they not been able to find something around them? Where's the barrier here? Because yeah. people want to learn. They want to know and they want to investigate. So what's stopping them? Like, are, are there not enough resources out there? And if so, that's a problem. We need to fix it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, the resources should be there and people, they should be accessible to people. Because uh, clearly a lot of people want to learn. Yeah. It's just making it, making them able to or available to do so. Uh, so again, the number of people interested in having a threesome? Uh, somewhere around 15% for both. Oh, no. Men, 34.1%. Oh, my God. Yep. Which is probably the MFF yeah. for them. Yeah. Just stereotyping there. Uh, and 11.1% for women. Okay. Yeah, so you were close on the, the female perspective. Okay, and then interested in participating in group sex? Oh, this one's interesting. Uh, men, 25%. Women, 15%. Men was 25.6%. <laughs> pretty well spot on. Yeah. And women was 8.4. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, ladies. It's fun. It is fun. <laughs> Puppy pile. Come on. I'm, I'm curious as to why women were not as interested in group sex, but more so in a threesome. Good question. Only slightly, but more so in a yeah. threesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, interested in going to a swingers party or sex party? Swingers club or sex party? Um, I'm going to say somewhere around 25, 22% for men and 6% for women. 16.5% mm. for men, 7.2% uh -huh. for women. Okay. Are yeah. women less likely to be exhibitionists, do you think? I, I think it probably would goes be the back barrier? to safety. Safety, you think so? Yeah, I think it goes back to the perceived safety. I think that we have um, a – we're skewed to think that a place that allows sex to happen on premises is less safe than a bar. And in reality, it's completely opposite. Oh, my God, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Hands down opposite. <clears throat> yeah. 
But I think that we're skewed to believe that. Interesting. And that goes to, from, you know, our, our mostly conservative world. Fair enough. Sex is wrong. Yeah. Sad. Women, if you're interested, go out, do it. Yeah. It's fun. You betcha. Check it out. Uh, and then interested in going to a BDSM party or a dungeon? Uh, men, 15%. Women, 5%. Men was 8.2%. And women, 59 Yeah. So closer there, still skewed towards men. Again, men were higher on pretty well everything. Um, <laughs> Smells like desperation. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. It, it's still interesting, though. That I mean, I would say that out of that, for 8.2 and 5.9% of people to be interested in BDSM or a dungeon party like that, yeah. that's kind of epic. That yeah. seems pretty high. That does seem pretty high, yeah. actually. And, and hmm. you know, again, it's... My curiosity would be, why do people not actually do it? Because the number of people that had was 4.3 and 2.6. So basically half. Half the number of people had as expressed interest in doing it. And Did you say 5% of women? Was that 1 in 20? 5.9. Yeah. yeah, so that's 1 in 20. Yeah, yeah. And and maybe it's where they live. It could be availability of BDSM parties and dungeons. Or maybe it's, again, seeking out and knowing where they are. And I think that's something else that... You know, it, it requires seeking out. Mm. It's not something that it's it's on the corner next to Walmart. So in order to find it, you have to actually actively seek it out. And I think while people are interested in going, they're not interested enough to actually put in the effort. Fair enough, yeah. Um, and if there isn't anything around where you live, because let's be honest, some of the more rural areas, you're not going to find that. You may have to make it part of a holiday or a long weekend right. away or something yeah. like that. So it may take a bit more effort. And are you interested enough to put that effort in? Yeah. And so. then on top of it, uh, the question would be, how many of these people were single? So True. if you're not single, you're less likely to 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 go out, I think, and, and do that. Because yeah. you might have a partner who you assume might be not interested. Yeah. Yeah. And don't assume. Talk to them about it. Find you, out. Yeah. You betcha. Because if they're into it, it could be amazing. <laughs> and if not, well, you might be able to find another partner who is a, a, a dom or a sub, depending on which way you go or a switch. Uh, so what I wanted to go back to was the whole education thing. So the number of people that were interested in in going to a course or a class to learn about sex and I'm going to say all things sexual related. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> because, you know, this was a study that was based in the U.S. And to me, the number of people who had taken a course being, you know, roughly 3% was not surprising. And it wasn't, it wasn't. It's not surprising because I don't think most people would seek that out because sex can be a bit taboo. It's not something you talk about. Right. And certainly in public in a lot of places. But at the same time, it's really sad because I know going through sex education in the U.S., both of us, it was severely lacking. So there's... I would say a lot of uninformation, misinformation out there that you get from sex ed classes and then to not have any other form of information to come at you that is good, reliable information is really sad for people not to be able to have a place to go and say, hey, I want to learn more and to have that information available to them is really sad. So then I dug a little bit more and found another kind of infographic about where sex ed stands in the U.S. in 2019. So this is 25 years-ish, let's say, okay. 25 plus years after I went through sex ed. Okay. 
I was hoping that things would be in a much better place. They're not. 20, 25 years later, that, like, you know, you know, we may have evolved a bit as an American society goes. But no, looking at it, I don't think it has, <laughs> which is extremely sad. <laughs> and it makes me feel really bad for young people. And I would say especially LGBTQ young people, because, you know, in the I would say that while it is there's more visibility and worldwide, there's more acceptance in some areas. And in some of these areas, it's still not at all. And I think that's really sad. So I wanted to share some of the numbers with with listeners out there. Okay, okay. Um, so this was so 2019, so just last year. Sex education in the states. Uh, do you want to do guessing games on the numbers again? No, it's just going to make me angry and depressed. <laughs> Always go low. Just guess low. <laughs> Two. <laughs> so, out of the 50 states in the U.S. The number of states that mandate sex education. So the number of states in which uh, sex education is required. What would you say? Twelve. Okay, you guessed a little too low. (laughs) Thank God. Those blue states are finally saving us for something. It's 24. Oh, good. Half. But they do vary significantly in the content that's covered. Oh. So we're going to then talk about... Amongst those 24, which is roughly half the Now, boys and girls, there's a thing called the stork. (laughs) And that's where babies come from. Yeah. And so, so yeah, out of, so roughly half the states, 24 out of the 50. So you're pretty close. Um, Also, it is mandated in D.C. So D.C. is not a state, but, yeah, they count. Uh, Do they, though? (laughs) Sorry. Well, I mean, they're little, but they do count. Uh, So out of those states, how many of them mandate inclusion of information about contraception when sex ed is taught. Oh my god. So how many of those have to teach contraception? Which come on, how can you talk to se- how can you talk about sex to teenagers without talking about contraception? I'm going to say 12. Mind, mind blown. Half of those, half of the half. 18. Oh, wow. So more than half. So I'm actually feeling a little better cuz I expected, you know, everything to suck. Uh and apparently it it's not allowed to suck, but, you know, because we don't talk about that. <laughs> no, no, no. We don't talk. Certainly don't talk about techniques. I mean, come on. <laughs> if we can't talk about sex, we cannot talk about techniques. That's right. Um, so that means that six, though, of those states don't talk about contraception. Do we know which six? Because no. I guarantee you they're all like Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. I, I, I don't know which six. Though. Okay. I would have to dive a lot deeper to find that out. All right. Yeah. I'm I'm disappointed. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't do complete and thorough research. (laughs) I just did fun research. Our users, our our users, (laughs) our listeners, uh, our users. My God. Like, it's like we're a drug. (laughs) Sniff me. Well, I mean, you do like to be used. (laughs) I do. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Okay. So the number of states that require any sex and or HIV education to be medically accurate. Oh, God. See, this is where it gets depressing. Like, this is getting depressing. Don't worry, boys and girls. Only bad people get the bad AIDS. <laughs> um, uh, uh, I'm going to say, let's say 20. 20 out of the 24? Yeah. I'm okay. hoping. Um, 13? Because I mean, we know that Alabama doesn't have, well, anything positive. <laughs> Sorry, Alabama. Do we have any listeners in Alabama? If we do, please let us know. <laughs> please move. Save yourself. Fair enough. That too. Uh, wow. 13. So 13 out of the 24. So that means that 13 out of the 50 states require them require schools to have sex education 
medically accurate information. About HIV. About sex and or HIV. Oh, about sex. Oh, my God. That's sad. That is very sad. Let's be honest. When I had sex education, I don't know who gave you your sex education, but mine was the gym teacher. Uh, So mine... And and let's be realistic. He was not a... Like, some people are going, yeah, sure, Bradford, but he was the health and gym teacher. No, no. He was the gym teacher. Like, that's all he did. Yeah. Ours were PE teachers as well. And they split us up. Um, The boys went into... So our school was was too big and we had trailers outside the school. We did too. A lot of them are like that now. Um, Tornado traps. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the boys went to one trailer. The girls went to another trailer. And yeah. See the Fluffy Bunny movie? No, I didn't, didn't see it. The Simpsons movie. reference. Okay. No, yeah, I didn't get that. Sorry. She's faking it. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Out of the 50 states, the number of states that mandate information on abstinence be provided whenever sex education is taught? Uh, 49. 37. <laughs> So we've we've got thirteen states out there that do not require abstinence be be taught. It probably is, but it's not required. Yeah. So thirty seven of the states mandate abstinence be provided. The information on abstinence be provided. Uh, what kind Which, of inf- you know? Hey, there's not a lot of information. Don't fuck until you get married. Even then, don't do it. <laughs> You're safer. <laughs> I mean, we learned about abstinence. That was that's that all was, we learned. That was. Mostly what they pushed. Yeah, that's all we yeah. learned. We didn't learn anything yeah. about condoms. We didn't learn anything about no contraception. No contraception. Yeah. No male or female reproductive system. Like, yeah. we learned not to have sex. Yeah. So it was like a two minute sex ed. It really course. was. All they did was scare us with pictures of like. So how was it for you? Because for me, they like I said, they took us into the separate trailers, but that was our PE class for two weeks. Oh my god, it, ours was a day. But we only did like PE like what once a week or something. So it oh. was yeah. So it was like it was like basically two days worth of classes. No, we had a we had a, a an hour and a half. Like that was okay. our. So ours was basically double we went that. In, it was two we to watched three hours. an hour movie and they told us not to have sex. Oh no, ours was two to three Hashtag hours. Kentucky. Because I did mine in Missouri, and it was it was a couple of hours because it was spread out over the couple of weeks of, of PE classes. But it's funny because what I actually remember from my sex ed class was, you know, they showed us, like, the reproductive system and whatever kind of stuff. Sure, fine, whatever. And they talked about abstinence. But what I remember more than anything was they talked about breast cancer uh-huh. and doing self-breast exams and how to do a self-breast exam. And they had these little silicon boobs just... It was like little solid silicon boob on a mat kind of thing. And some of them had lumps, some didn't. I think there were three or four of them that they passed around the room. And you had to do a breast exam on them and find the lump if there was one. And you were graded on whether you could find the lump or not, you know, depending on if it was supposed to be there or not. And I, that's what I remember more than anything was how to do a self-breast exam. Oh and, God. you know, at least <laughs> so I learned something. I really thought that what you would have remembered more than anything was when they were like, this is how you put a condom on a banana. And, and you're in the back and you raise your hand. You're like, Miss Hoover, I can do it with my mouth. <laughs> uh, no, condoms were not part of our sex ed class. No, ours, ours neither, but, yeah. you know, I was just imagining. Which, I mean, come on, why not? They're fucking teenagers. Why yeah. would you not give them condoms? Um, all right, so continuing on. The number of states that mandate instructing students about the importance of saving sex only for marriage. Um... 37. 18. You're double. Really? Yeah. I don't believe that. Maybe we've moved somewhere then in, you know, the past 20 years. I don't think we have. But doesn't mean that they don't, it means that, it doesn't mean that other states can't or don't. It means that they're not mandated to. 
Yeah, I'm sticking with that. I can't yeah. believe that. That yeah. surprises me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the number of states that mandate discussion of sexual orientation in sex ed courses. Um, I don't know. Eight. So, 12 states mandate the discussion of sexual orientation in sex ed classes, but only nine mandate that the discussion of sexual orientation is inclusive. Cool. So that means that three of those 12 states teach you that there are people who like to have sex with people of the same gender, but those are bad people. Yeah. <laughs> but they're only bad people. Great. So that was the next statistic, was the number of states, none, not just that do that, but the number of states that require, not that allow, but the number of states that require only negative information about sexual orientation be included in sex ed courses. Those states are Alabama, South Carolina, and Texas. So that means that that they're saying that homosexuality is bad. Yes. Yeah. And I basically looked it up because I was like, so what exactly are they teaching? In Alabama, South Carolina, and Texas, those states that require negative information about sexual orientation. And what I found was a number of news articles from various sources that are, they're talking about, quote, no promo homo laws. And so, or what it was, was that, these no promo homo laws uh, prohibit sex educators from permit promoting homosexuality. And so that means that they explicitly prohibit the positive portrayal of homosexuality. Which, I mean, for LGBTQI youth in those schools, that's not going to create a safe environment. They probably have less resources available to them, less support available to them in these areas where homosexuality is portrayed negatively and mandated to be portrayed negatively. I cannot, I just cannot believe that, that in this day and age, that that is fucking allowed and promoted and encouraged. Yeah, that's... It's frustrating and it's maddening. But it's ultimately, it's not shocking. You look at Alabama, South Carolina, and, and Texas. Like, if you live in one of those states, well, I'm... I'm not going to say I'm sorry, but like I'm near sorry. Uh, but look, they can please, talk. Please don't raise your children there, or if you do, at least talk to them. But beyond that, if you live in one of those states and you don't have children or you do have children, contact your people who make your laws. Mm. Contact your senators. Contact your congressmen. Like this is this is important stuff, and like there's there's plenty of science that shows that uh, LGBTQ youth that that get support. Are so much less likely to commit yeah. suicide, uh, or or uh, promote to, or to do acts of self harm, and I think this is something that's so important. And even if you don't live in those states, still bombard the the Congress people who yeah. who support those states and represent those states, because it, it does it's it doesn't shock, it doesn't shock me. It really doesn't surprise me. It doesn't, me. but it's, uh, it's sad. It's so and sad. I think I think it depresses me that it doesn't surprise me. Mm. But yeah, and also if you do live in some of these areas or even other areas, maybe where where the information's not necessarily provided very well and, and kids aren't educated as well, is if you can get involved in any local organizations and help to to provide support on whatever level that is. Yeah, you know, there's there's always a need. You know, and, and if you can't do it physically, financial support is a wonderful way to support. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, it's it doesn't it doesn't surprise me, but it's just like. It, it's depressing. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we've got a few more here. Are there any of them uplifting? I don't know. Probably not. 
<laughs> I haven't finished the list. So I, I haven't finished reading, so I don't know. Uh, the number of states that prohibit sex and or ed- HIV education programs from promoting religion? Oh, probably 12. Two states prohibit sex and or HIV education from promoting religion. California and Louisiana. Louisiana, really? Louisiana. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. God's in everything. Except necessarily in California and Louisiana. God is in everything. <laughs> uh, He's the only one that wants to be in your vagina. So you're saying you don't want to be there, or are you saying you're, that you're God? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Great. What about the gentleman? Is he God, or is, does he not actually want to be there either? He's an acolyte. <laughs> Uh, I'm, 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 he's, I'm going to saint him. Okay. Yes. All right, right. Okay. Um, okay. So the number of states that require instruction in sex education courses on how to talk to parents or other family members about sex. Well, I'm going to say it's probably, is zero a number? We'll say four. <laughs> it's 11. And I'm going to oh, say... but it's like in, like, West Kentucky, or East Kentucky, West Virginia, where it's like, Daddy, get off me. We're done. <laughs> Is it like that? Is that how you talk to your parents about sex? Where, like, <laughs> where like you know, they just pass that law that you can divorce your wife, but she's still your sister. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So I find that interesting in that... They're, they're teaching in sex ed classes how to talk to your parents or family members about sex, which, yes, is important. Yo, there Ma, needs- want a bone? <laughs> there needs to be an open line of communication. But where's the parental guidance and how to talk to your children about sex education? Like, doesn't it have to go both ways? No, you're not allowed to do that. Remember, there's three states in where you actually <laughs> cannot discuss that at all. <laughs> um, okay. So the number of states that require sex education courses to cover negative outcomes of teen... Sex and pregnancy. 50. <laughs> 13. Oh. <laughs> Only 13 actually give you the negative consequences of, of teen sex and pregnancy. The others are like, yeah, it's great. Do it. Procreate. It's so funny. <laughs> but I, like I say that, I said 50, but growing up in Kentucky, I do remember we did abstinence and abstinence was... You can't get pregnant. Yeah. So there was no discussion of what <laughs> no. would happen because they just assumed you wouldn't do it because they told you not to. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I do remember that in my graduating class, there was uh, two or three young ladies who were pregnant, Mm. one with her second child. Oh, yeah. Well, I was going to say once... In my graduating class. Yeah, because once we moved to North Carolina, there were a lot of people who were pregnant in high school. But yeah, there are a number of people had children before they graduated high school, which is just mind-boggling. And just to add some context for those who aren't in the States and are thinking that this is all absolutely crazy because you live in a, in a more rational country. Uh, there, I do remember a young lady on Facebook who was a friend of mine who I'd gone to high school with was celebrating being a grandmother at 30, 36. Six. Yeah. So she was so proud of being a grandmother at 36 because she had her first child at 18 and her first child had her first child at 18. Yeah. Just Which, think about that. Uh, that means that yeah. if, if that was us, my grandchild would be eight years old. Six years old. Oh, yeah. I can't do math. Six years old. <laughs> math. Fuck you. Kentucky school. Kentucky. Yeah. Public <laughs> schooling in Kentucky. I don't know about fucking and I can't do math. <laughs> you know, those three R's, reading, writing, and arithmetic. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because I, I don't know. It's just, it's a different way of life. It, and But I just cannot imagine... 
being still in high school and, and having a child. I mean, you know, I had friends who did, but I just, I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being still in high school, to be honest, though. But I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling very old now. Uh-huh. Are you? Uh, I've been out of school longer than I was in school. Yeah. So I've hit that age. Actually, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Me too. Frightening, right? That, See, that's an interesting way to think about it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what was it? Somebody said 2050 is closer than twenty than 1990? Is it? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. right now it's equidistant. Okay. So every day we go though into 2020, we're closer to 2050 than we are 1990. Wow. I know, right? That's crazy. I know. <laughs> Fuck. But kind of exciting too. Is it? So what's well, I don't know. What are we going to be doing in 2050? We know what we're doing Fucking in 1990. Yeah, we know what we're going to do. We were doing in 1990. So what are we going to be doing in 2050? Fucking robots. I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have one more number. Domo origato, Mr. Robot. <laughs> we have one more number before we talk about robots. Okay. Then we can go back to robots. They were okay. <laughs> uh, the number of states that have opt-out policies, which allow parents to remove their kids from sex ed courses. Um, forty. Thirty-seven. So that means that in thirty-seven of the states, they don't even have to go through a sex ed course, regardless of how terrible it is. Which, if you're in one of those three states, I can kind of get it. Yeah. But you know, it's, those are probably the three that don't. Like, <laughs> That's nah, true. You got to learn the queers are bad. <laughs> Probably. In Texas, we shoot them. <laughs> in Texas, we shoot them. Aww. In South Carolina, we make them go north like them northerners are. In Alabama, we eat them. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. Ugh. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so yeah, the the first little... Worst like, podcast I ever. know. I'm sorry, people. But the first infographic kind of just got me down that path of the whole education thing and the fact that that people want to be educated, but... Either the the courses and the information is not out there, available in readily, um, I'm going to say drinkable bites, kind of. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, they're, it's either not out there or they just don't know about it. Because how do you promote these things? Like I said, a lot of the, the courses and things that are available are in bigger cities, more populated areas. And so other people in rural areas may have to travel a bit to get to them. But how do you even find out about it? Because many are only advertised on the, the adult websites or the individual presenter sites and it can take a lot of digging to find these things if you're, if you don't know where to look for them. And, and so I think that that's, that's something that needs to be fixed is that it needs to be more accessible. There needs to be more sex education available for adults, you know, not just for teenagers, but, and also like Bradford said, like sex ed classes need to be revamped and they need to be medically accurate. They need to be, lifestyle accurate to what kids are actually doing and what they're interested in. And they may not be doing it, but they're going to go down that path at some point and let's give them the tools and the building blocks that they need to make good sound decisions when they do get to that point. And, and that will, yes, require legislative changes and policy changes in schools. And that's not going to happen overnight, but there has to be a push because I just find it so disheartening that in the past 25 years, that has not changed. In fact, it's gotten worse. Yeah. Because at least the queer community weren't bashed when I was getting my... Yeah. I mean, we just ignored them completely, which I honestly think is better than bashing them. Oh, it's it's just, it's terrible. Sad. Yeah. 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 <sighs> that was all the information I have, and I'm sorry. It's a little depressing, but I think it's important that people know the state of things. Because how are you going to change and how are you going to improve if you don't know where, where 2-0 is? We should do it with music. 
Oh, yeah? Yeah. We, Are you going to sing us a song about sodomy it? Sodomy <laughs> is such an awesome word. <laughs> totally what I want you to do to me. Dun, 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 sodomy. Will you do something for me? Maybe. Will you write a musical about this? <laughs> write a musical about <laughs> sex, sex yeah, education? Yeah. You put your penis in, you take your penis out, you put your penis in, and it squirts all about. <laughs> you give her hoe a pokey and <laughs> that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah, totally right, the musical. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you Se- should. Sexu- sexual education <laughs> in Alabama. Picked on Alabama, aren't you? Fuck Alabama. <laughs> like, I have always wished that that state would secede again. Mm-hmm. We don't need it. It's, it's, what does it do? The space center, please. Who needs space? What's, that's what Florida's for. <laughs> Plus, Florida is America's penis. It kind of is, yeah. 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 I don't so, know about that yeah. way, but yeah, sure. There you go. <laughs> we can rename Huntsville to Cuntsville. Oh. Then we should push for that. Birmingham to Birmingham. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll keep mobile. Because mobile. Mobile. Um, yeah, mosqueal. Mosqueal. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh, so thank you for coming along this <laughs> fucked up journey with us. Yes. Uh, you're now depressed and so am I. But just remember, Yoga. <laughs> yogurt yogurt mm. uh, if you want to send in your depressing school stories please send them to us at theatomsoflove at gmail.com you can find us on Instagram on Facebook and on uh, Twitter mm-hmm. at by the by podcast go to adamandeve.com buy yourself a sex toy Yes, and we have Valentine's Day right around the corner. Yes. So they do have a Valentine's Day special. So yes. definitely go there, check it out, get more free stuff. Use the coupon code by the by, B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. They're throwing in movies. They're throwing in a whole, like, surprise pack. It's all about Valentine's Day. Yeah. Like, get your heart on. Oh, well done. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm pretty... Wait, are you going to buy me a toy for... Help? We should totally do toy reviews for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, we should. Let, let's get that organized. Yes, and then everybody at home can buy their toys that we talk about. Yeah. On adamandeve.com, and they can get it at 50% off. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Uh, I'm a genius. So, yeah, so there's that. And then go to Geeky Sex Toys. They've currently got a bushfire um, uh, dildo that they've created. It's awesome. It's green. It's got a koala on it. And its base uh, is the shape of Australia. And all of the proceeds go to help uh, families and the environment. Uh, bushfire relief. For, for yeah. bushfire relief. Uh, Which if you, is very much needed down here at the moment. Yeah, if yeah. you haven't been paying attention, uh, it feels like we're living in Silent Hill here in Sydney in that <laughs> it snows ash at times. Uh, it's been hazy like you wouldn't believe, and, and breathing has become difficult uh, for all of us, not just those with asthma. So uh, we have fortunately had a few rains in the recent past, but it's we've got miles to go before we rest. So go to geekysextoys.com. If you're not buying one of the ones for the uh, relief, use the coupon code by the by, because look, if you're going to donate money, donate a lot of money. Don't, don't, don't do a discount code. Yeah. But if you're buying some of their other awesome toys, use discount code by the by for 5% off. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and if you'd like to support us, you can do so on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash by the by. 
podcast. And uh, we very much appreciate it. You can get yourself some cum rags on there. Yeah. And we are going to try to start uh, using a few of their apps and accessories to be a little more interactive. I'm not sure quite how that's going to go over. So bear with us as we go through a little trial period. And we're see. learning too. Yeah. <laughs> but we're going to we're gonna give it a go and see if we can give people a little bit more there. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Dylan Thomas, co-host of Life on the Swing Set, the podcast. We share our experiences in swinging, polyamory, and beyond. You're listening to a Swing Set Network podcast at swingset.fm. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 